You're digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2. Welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians, but not this week, devil. Not today, Satan. Not this time, Booth. <laughs> I am your host, LD, along with me for this paved road to Hades is Mr. Will the Thrill. And Cheddar, too. Hey, buddy. He's climbed <laughs> into my lap to share my beverage. Hey, everybody. Hey, what are you drinking? I am enjoying a classic city lager brewed right here in the fine hamlet of Atlanta, Georgia. Very nice. All right. And then we have my brother from the same mother, Mr. TJ2, the deuce. Oh, that sounded... That just that, that sounded like you peed on something. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe you did. did. What's it to you? <laughs> I don't think that has been any of your business. All right. I mean, hey, you do you, boo. This is not a visual medium. <laughs> what, what are you drinking? Well, I'm pretty well, uh, I think, shot my rational beer the last couple of days. I had to attend two banquets, and then I grilled out this weekend. So uh, I, I did some imbibing. So I'm just drinking tea today. Very nice. I am also drinking tea because nobody ever asks me, you dicks. Anyway, um, <laughs> <Moving on. laughs> uh, good night, everyone. Our socials are yeah. nice. Uh, for those nuts. So, uh, just to polish off, by the time that this episode does come out, we will be in the throngs of Rock and Pod. Yeah, rock and Pod. So, uh, hopefully, you guys will be able to catch us. I'll be going live on my TikTok. Like I said, I think you can find me. I'll try to put my name in the show notes, but it's Lindley is Mildly Funny, which I think is a pretty easy uh, name because that's kind of what I am. I'm mildly funny. And uh, there's a huge roster of guests. So hopefully uh, we'll see you guys there. If not, uh, why not? Do you not like us? Why are you listening to the show if you don't like us? Do you not like Nashville? There's so much there. Do you not like joy or friends or music or or bacon i mean i, I know right yeah at is our there hotel, any hope there is literally uh will booked our hotel room and literally he booked it next to a barbecue place uh it is next to martin's barbecue which tj i believe you know uh i'm familiar with it i don't believe i've actually dined there before it is it's great i, I don't know if it's up there with uh lewis but it's it's close did did we share with everybody the the comically oversized plate of meat that we consumed at Lewis. I don't, I don't know if we did, but if we did, if we did not, you should do it because you also took photos. I took photos. I think everyone took photos because God bless. That was some of the best meat I've ever. Okay, we're driving. We're leaving. We're leaving, we're leaving now. <laughs> the slap brisket episode. Yeah. That was a that was phenomenal. So uh, that's a, that's a tough act to follow, but I'm willing to take the challenge uh, yes. to, to find a better place to get barbecue because yeah. holy crap, that was so good! Like that was like a three thousand dollar or three thousand dollar three thousand calorie meal. It's so good. Don't even care. Oh, it was even, so worth it. No regrets. regrets. All right, uh, we do have one piece of news to cover, which is. The passing of MTV's alternative music program, 120 Minutes, 
and a DJ for like the the most famous rock radio station, I think pretty much in the country, which is KROQ. Uh, Louis Largent passed mm. away at the age of 58, uh, just uh, March 11th. We're recording this on March 14th. He passed away on the 11th. And apparently he he really suffered from a long illness that wasn't disclosed. And the weird thing was they put the news out on March 11th the the release came on March 11th. He passed away on February the 20th. So I'm oh, curious. Wow. That's weird. Yeah. Why they they waited so long to announce it? But like, I am all for giving the family time to grieve and time to deal uh, with whatever the need. So really, it's up to the family whenever they want to tell anyone that that someone has been lost. But that's a big gap for a, a pretty big personality, especially during our times. Which you know? surprises me that, uh, and, and don't take this the wrong way, I'm surprised no one leaked it, you know? Because again, he is a notable personality. He, some news sources would be leak that. Honest yeah. with you, though, when either one of y'all or, or Thea posted his uh, passing on our uh, socials, uh, and it's like, oh, he was the host of 120 Minutes. I was like, I don't remember a VJ doing 120 Minutes. I remember them going to a commercial and coming out with a weird abstract video of some kind, and then they'd just play, you know, REM. Yeah, but, well, he he actually worked for MTV between 1992 and 1995, which I think is about the same time that um, the host of the other podcast that I produce or I help associate produce, uh, Basic, uh, Doug Herzog was at MTV during that time. So I feel like he yeah. probably knows. But yeah. um, maybe, maybe my memory's fading, but I just remember like, eh, commercial break, come out, weird abstract little five seconds of animation and now here's the Pixies. <laughs> yeah. Wait, the Pixies had music videos? I do not remember that. Yeah. Nah, here comes uh, your man. Yeah. Here oh, comes man. your man. Well, um, I think that's pretty much I, I want to say it's pretty much it. Uh, if you check out our social media, our ad, admin Thea, she is amazing. She started doing a daily post of people who passed away on the day. So... In, in history. In history. She's just killing it over there. So, um, you know, I can't thank her enough. Um, there was another passing, but I can't remember if we did an episode since this person's passing, but I'm going to just go ahead and cover it now. It was rapper Costa Titch, uh, passed away at the age of 28 after collapsing on stage during a music festival. Oh, jeez. Man. Yeah. Now I will admit that I am I'm not in the music festival scene. I've never been to Coachella. We went to Old Cella, but um honestly, music festivals terrify me. But um Yeah, but you got to see your Zaddy. Mm, yes, I did. <laughs> oh, the who. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, Roger, so, Roger Daughtry. So, getting back to Costa, uh, no, no cause of death was immediately announced, and it's just it's scary. It's scary because uh, he was performing at the Nasrec Expo Center when he fell over on stage, according to Cape Town, etc. An individual rushed up to help the rapper, who briefly regained his footing before collapsing again. And so, um, as you know, he passed away not too long after that. And so, um, I'm, that's, that's incredibly scary and sad. And so our family goes out to his friends and family. I mean, any death is a really sad death. Um, 
but to be so young, you know, that's, sure. that's, that's so incredibly yeah. sad. Um, um, I would I would note, uh, slightly unrelated, that our next series will feature an artist who appeared in two of the biggest, most famed music festivals ever. Oh, really? Um, festivals, festivals, because all, all I can think of for festivals is because Live Aid is not a festival. No, he performed in uh, the Us Festival and Lollapalooza. That's oh, Palooza. Oh, Woodstock wow. mm-hmm. is like the biggest one, right? Woodstock would have been the biggest. The person we're covering was not uh, present for Woodstock. But <laughs> okay. Okay. He was not a well. He was a, a long hair, but he wasn't a, a long haired hippie, so he was not. Uh, but wasn't present for that one. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Okay. Well, um, I'm excited to start the next series, but first we got to get through this. And what what are we doing this week, TJ? I like slap nuts and I cannot lie. Mm-hmm. It's an episode where no one dies. Uh, you're getting there. We we just yeah. need like a little bit more from you. I just need like um, all the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've done like half of the chorus. So, um, I, but that's a good start, I think. Excellent. All right. So, um, what what are we covering this week in our well slap nuts? As as uh, regular listeners know, uh, slap nuts is when we take a break from you know death and destruction and despair, uh, and we don't focus on the life, career, and death of one artist. We kind of do some uh, lists, some silly arguments, some rankings, little little debates and things. And so today we will be doing. Our five favorite James Bond themes. Yeah. Yep. We will be doing uh, five songs written by surprising people, i.e. perhaps not by the person who sang it. And when you figured out who did write it, you were like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And we'll also be doing the five saddest songs, Heartbreak Edition, not to be confused with Somebody Died Edition, which we'll do at a later time. So, Mm. um he stopped loving her today. Does not qualify for this list. Anybody had that on there? 
Nope. Negative. Nope. Sorry. Yep, because uh, she's dead. No, excuse me. He's dead at the end. He's he's dead. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that wasn't on my list. I actually worked very hard for my list. As did I. And I I, I mind some some absolute... Boy, this is... I probably should have gotten a drink now that I think about it. Uh, Damn. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. So we're going to start off our list with our top five Bond themes. And I'm going to suggest that uh, TJ2, you go, and then I'll go, and then Will's actually just going to wing it. Well, as you guys know, um, well, I should make it clear that as evidenced by my last two trivia appearances, I, I have few areas of supreme knowledge. One of them is James Bond, because when everyone else is homesick and watching whatever their parents had, my parents had all the Bond movies. So that's what I watched growing up when I was sick. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen I've seen three Bond movies we figured out, and they were all with you. That would that would track, yes. I've seen more than three, not all of them. Not not near the expert in this field uh that uh, Will is. But um yeah, okay, so I've got my list. Uh mine's not gonna take very long because I don't have much to say about them. I actually have one honorable mention. Uh, I actually really like Skyfall. That's okay. a good one. By Adele. Uh, that's a more recent one, of course. Um, you know, it reeks of 80s cheese. The video is corny. It has a corny play on the James Bond, the, 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 one of the signature lines, trademark phrases from Bond, but I don't care. I have Duran Duran's of you to a kill. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. Overlap. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> bon. Simon LeBon. <laughs> and the by the way, the bedroom. by the way, if uh, you would like to hear our interview with Simon LeBon, well, not our interview, but uh, our interview, basics interview with Simon LeBon, go to wherever you find amazing podcasts and check out Basic, where we talked to Simon LeBon. And that was so early in the morning. So, so early. He wasn't uh, in the bar drinking or upstairs in the bedroom bonking. He was not. Uh, okay. Actually, because he, uh, on behind the was, music, he alleged that's all that they did. He was really so amazing, so sweet, so pleasant, willing to give his time. I like. I, I know he was probably uh, somewhere in the UK at the time because he's on his tour now. Just a nice dude. Well, cool. Yeah, I always like to hear that. Please. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Uh, um, and again, mine aren't really in any order. I'm just. I'm kind of giving them in a loose order. Uh, at four, I have uh, Sheena Easton for your eyes only. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, as as I read today, it was she is the only singer to appear in the opening credits of a Bond film. I does that does that, that does that check out, Will? Will, that's this is your wheelhouse. It has gone to the judges, and uh, yes, yes, that is the case. She is the only one. Excellent. And that that song opened the film instead of the normal Bond theme. Uh, it is the first song you hear. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, that is correct. I mean, you get the usual, like, you know, gun barrel, that thing. But then, yeah, it goes into the song. I don't think the list could be complete if we didn't throw Goldfinger on here. <sighs> nice. I, I had to limit myself to one Shirley Bassey, Dame Shirley Bassey entry per list. So, um, but yeah, speaking she, of, uh, you had mentioned something, TJ, and I'll offer up a fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. You mentioned that, yes, Sheena Easton is the only one to appear, but Dame Shirley Veronica Bassey is the only artist to perform more than one Bond theme. That's correct. And 
if she if someone were to duplicate, they would still be trailing Dame Shirley Bassey by one because she has done three. Wow. Unfortunately, it's not podcast eligible. She's still with us. We uh, we don't want her to be like. Here's the thing: we no, don't want don't people to be away. podcast eligible. Yeah, don't take that away. <laughs> don't want that. Well, she has a mammoth voice, and she just wails. And you know, if you actually like read the lyrics, they don't really make much. <laughs> they're kind of silly, the but themes. I mean, it's yeah. a Bond theme, but it's it's uh, that big voice and the big band with the big brass section, everything. It's just loud and awesome, and I've I've always really liked that one. I think at number two, I'm I went from Goldfinger, now I'm going to go Golden Eye, Tina Turner. Nice, oh, great so vocals. Because it's Tina Turner. I mean, what's not to like? That and last I'd, note, the golden God, so good. But that, but well, that she hits that part, but she has that kind of scratchy, husky voice, and she kind of plays that up, mm-hmm. up to that, up to the big, up to the big notes, and that. And I just, I really like the way she does that. I'm probably the only person who's going to have this one at number one, but I don't care. Number one for me, garbage. The world is not enough. You know what? I I theme. love that song. Love it. Yeah, and it That's is worth. Sure, First of all, Shirley can wail. Oh, absolutely. Very very underrated vocalist. That's uh, that's my favorite song period of all the the of all the Bond themes. Actually, that would be a a fine standalone song. Oh, completely. You know, the thing yeah. is, garbage for me. You <laughs> said so, package. <laughs> garbage was so underrated because they came along with like badass chicks who play guitar. So like whole and garbage. Like I really, really liked them. There was just something and like Vic, don't leave perfect. out Vixen. Yeah, I'm there's a Vixen. Oh sure, why not? Who's Vixen? <laughs> you don't remember Vixen? I've been living on the edge of a broken heart. You don't remember Vixen? No. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, Shirley was just, I loved, like, uh, I'm only happy when it rains is one of, like, I loved that song. So, yeah, I'm I'm actually fully behind you on that being your number one, and I'm totally, totally cool. That, okay, that well, is, actual um, Angry Chicks with guitars, uh, I'm put, put Dixon aside. Uh, you remember L7? Yes. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard the infamous story about the L7 playing at a music festival? No. Uh, they're playing at a music festival. I think rough crowd in Europe somewhere. And um, I don't remember the lead singer's name, but um, she um, was a little dissatisfied with things being thrown at her and people booing and stuff. So she um, um, she removed a, a used feminine hygiene product from her person and threw it at the crowd. Huh. Uh, oh, that's really gross. That's, yeah, like, that's I mean, like that's removed it from herself. Then and there on stage. Wow. Yep. I'm, oh boy. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Like I was, I was kind of grossed out um, with, um, oh my gosh, um, Fergie when she like peed, and I, it, I don't know why. I don't know why. Just I, it, on and, stage, and, right? Yeah, on stage. Like that could be another slap nuts is uh, people that that do inappropriate things or things that happened at um, concerts might Shannon be a fun little, little slap nuts. Well, don't blow your load yet. Just okay, wait. Sorry. Well, I, I will say going back to TJ's pick, which All is All that's going to do is make him do it faster. Haven't you learned? I'm sorry. Uh, World is Not Enough. That's a bittersweet one because that was actually the last film where the great Desmond Llewellyn appeared as Q. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and then I Desmond. didn't, let me, let me see if I can't flex my James Bond muscle for a second. When he passed away as Q, 
he wanted John Cleese to do the job. And so he begrudgingly took it only to make that last wish come true. Correct. Cleese did not want to do it. And then finally he agreed and he said, I will do it for Desmond. And he agreed. Okay. Yay, yeah. I knew something. <clears throat> hey, right. <laughs> All right, I guess it's, uh, I'm, I guess I'm up. Do it. All right. Indeed. So... Uh, my first one is going to be a really surprising one. If you listen to our uh, one of our like first 10 or something episodes, you guys know that I didn't know a whole lot about him when I started the series and then I gained a massive respect for him. So on my list is You Know My Name by Chris Cornell. That is a, I love that Bond theme. It's so good. And it so fits with the rebranding they did with Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. And such I, a good one. I really do love Chris's voice. Now, that being said, I'm still deathly afraid of... Uh, anything having to do with that, that one song that we shall not mention. Yeah, and the but, animation, that one's so cool with the cards, with the suits of the cards. Do you remember that one? No, I, I didn't see Christina, I didn't see Casino Rao. Oh, uh, we'll have to fix that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next up, I had a little overlap with my brother, but you heard that, and that was View to a Kill by Duran Duran. I had to put that on there specifically because it's like... Into the fire! <sighs> oh, God. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked my brother didn't pick this one but I chose License to Kill, Gladys Knight. She Almost did. Almost wails. Did. She wails on that. She's amazing. Uh, for my next one up, it was a toss-up between Skyfall by Adele, but I went with, ultimately, for the new iteration, I went with Sam Smith's The Writings on the Wall. That is a cool song, yeah. It, You know what, though? It's so beautiful when it opens up and it's got the strings and it just... And then the it, the piano drops and it's beautiful. Love it. Uh, and then my final one is uh, iconic. It is amazing. And I've seen it credited for two people. So maybe Will can actually give me a little bit of um, a push in the right direction. Sure. But this for me is the iconic Bond theme. And if someone was like, what song do you mostly associate Bond with? It's this one. And that is Live and Let Die. Now I have it both as Wings and Paul McCartney. Maybe you could clear that up for me. Uh, I think both answers are acceptable. Technically, the band he used was Wings, but it is, interestingly enough, credited as Paul McCartney. So you'd be right on both accounts. Oh, good. Yeah. So we, we will allow it. Excellent. All right. And that's that's my whole list. Well done. Awesome. So I'm going to try to give you guys a few esoteric picks, but again, I'm going to Remain a purist at heart, as you'll see as my list goes on. Uh, you guys named some really good ones. I don't think there's any bad Bond theme, except for two. There are two that I do not like. Um, and I will limit myself to one Shirley Bassey entry per list. So here we go. Um, I'm going to start off with just one that I've always well, enjoyed. Well, wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. Which, are the, which are the ones that you don't like? Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies by Sheryl Crow and Die Another Day by Madonna. Okay, I listened. I went back and I actually listened to Sheryl Crow's. I kind of like it. It's better than Die Another Day, but only slightly. Madonna's song sucks. It's just Die Another Day. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, you you would have done a better cover. (laughs) I I, I just did. Um, I'm going to kick this off with one that's near and dear to my heart. I've always loved this song. I think it stands on its own and is done, of course, by the great Carly Simon. And that comes to us from The Spy Who Loved Me. Nobody does it better. That's a great song. And um, she's fun. She's got incredible vocals, but like she is a, an incredible lyricist. Like her yeah. lyrics just tear into you. Love her. She's incredible. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to follow that one up again. We're going to stay somewhat traditional, but maybe a surprise for you too. I will go with the 1967 theme to You Only Live Twice, done by none other than Nancy Sinatra. That was a good one too. That's mm-hmm. not a bad one at all. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. And uh, you guys knew, know who penned the screenplay for You Only Live Twice, correct? Is it Oliver Stone? Negative. DJ? I don't know. Would it help if I told you that he had a factory? Willy Wonka? Mr. Beast. <laughs> you are closer with Willy Wonka. Ralph Dahl and the screenplay. Buck Owens? Really? <laughs> Buck Owens, nice. What factory yeah. did Buck Owens have? <laughs> of, of awesome music? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. All right, fair, fair. Uh, Climbing up, I'm going to go into a more contemporary time and finish it off with the ultimate installment in the series. I really enjoyed Billie Eilish's No Time to Kill. You know what? I really like that one. The intro was a little long for me and I kind of got bored and stopped listening. (laughs) But she has that feel of a Bond theme, that kind of smoky, like her voice really plays into it. And uh, the movie is a, a, a mixed bag, I think. But that Bond theme, I think, is sort of a throwback to the classics. Uh, that's why I really enjoy it. So I'm going to go with No Time to Die here. Yes. Uh, num- so uh, for the next Slap Nuts, I suggest that we uh, rank our top five favorite Mission Impossible themes. Hang on. Isn't it, the, isn't it just the same one from my different people? <laughs> Wait, yeah, but U2's the superior. <laughs> I like the U2 version. I do too. It's it is fun. All right, you're number one. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, I'm number two. I'm on number two. Um, And I was so torn on this one, but I went with the one that does not leave my head. It's catchy, it's fun, and it's gimmicky as hell. We're going with The Man with the Golden Gun, performed by Lulu. She's, again, a great vocalist, but I wouldn't have pegged her for a Bond theme. No, I wouldn't. And it's sort of, it's a little out of character for the Bond themes at that time. I mean, this is still Roger Moore territory and we're kind of getting out of the Connery era, but uh, there's something about that just sticks in my head with the way she wails out with his golden gun. It's just, I don't know, it's just fun. I really enjoy that one. You know what though? I can't um, I can't wait until we um, move into, oh God, I had a joke and now I lost it. Damn it. Bom, bom. Uh, and number one, of course, belongs. Oh, I, I figured it uh, out. Wait, I got it. Oh, I good. Cannot, I cannot wait till we move to my favorite Bond, which is George Lazenby. Ooh. Uh, hang on. That's a quotation by nobody, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Actually, George it, Lazenby. It, it might be Daniel O'Brien. Daniel O'Brien <laughs> might have said he loved George Lazenby. The funny thing is, first of all, one of my favorite Bonds is Dalton, and I take heat for it all the time. I think Dalton was a great Bond. Um, it's not a bad movie. On Her Majesty's Secret Service is great, and it stars the incomparable Diana Rigg, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, George Lays and me. Well, moving on. Um, <laughs> number one belongs to the Queen. I have to go with Shirley Bassey, and I have to go with one that just I think exemplifies everything a Bond theme was, is, and will ever be. Diamonds are forever. You can't, you can't shake that one. How go wrong with that one for sure? Yeah, stop it. Or anything um, that she sings. You know. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> due to my um, absolute love of Broadway. Uh, if you go and listen to the new version, the Broadway version of Moulin Rouge, Satine actually opens up with Diamonds Are Forever because I don't think mm-hmm. they got the rights to Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. So oh, wow. so they actually kind of sort of covered a James Bond theme in Moulin Rouge. 
In a way, yeah, they did. Uh, that one is, is so good, in fact, that it was sampled by both Jay-Z and Kanye. Impressive. Yeah. So, um, Shirley, you still take the cake. All right. So, moving on to our next uh, thing that we do. I have... I it's, it's called a category. There it is. All right, category. Zach, Zach, take that out. Make me, make me sound <laughs> like I'm smart. <laughs> the categories, girls. Uh <laughs> Where are your yeah. opera glasses? I need opera glasses. God, if someone will send me opera glasses, I will make that my whole personality. I just want opera glasses. All right, so our next category is going to be sad songs that say so much. Is that and, an old um, John song? It is, it is. Uh, so just, but we need to, to make sure again that we emphasize, we actually, we keep a running list of possible topics and we had sad songs, heartbreak edition, which we're doing, and sad songs, someone died edition. So no living ears, no, he's not loving her today. None of those, we save those for another time. This is lost love, broken hearts. Broken hearts. Unrequited love. Well, why don't you go first since you went last last time? Okay, we went for something fun. Let's just be completely sad now. So yeah. Oh, and oh. By, by the way, we actually we actually chose to do this second so that we didn't leave you guys miserable like we do every other episode of this podcast. Yeah, we're we're playing our songs for this one, and we certainly didn't want to end on you know, she kicked you in the nuts and left. She's having sex with your dad. Um, he stole your cat in your car and set your house on fire. We like we we didn't want to we didn't want to so, leave you with that. So we, no country can, music. We're gonna drop it here in the middle and then we can bounce back later. Yep, I like it. Let's Come do back it. strong. All right, all right, Will. All right, Hanky's out, everybody. So uh, I do have an honorable mention here because LD, you and I just were discussed this the other day, and you had said it's songs that exude a feeling of sadness. Um, I went with sort of core material. And there's one song that I just keep coming back to that I just have to put on as honorable mention. And that's, you wouldn't know by listening to it. And that's It Ain't Over Till It's Over by Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, again, like I feel like the same kind of song that's actually sadder to me is Eagle Eye Cherry Save Tonight. Right. And they're both poppy and upbeat. But if you listen to the lyrics and you know what he's writing about, it's just painful. Which he was, what that, he was yeah. writing about was Lisa Bonet, correct? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And she ended up marrying that 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 huge. Jason uh, Momoa. Yeah. Jet. He's um. I. He's pretty. I like to look at him. It's um. He Game of Thrones. But also the backdrop was they did have their daughter Zoe, and he's basically pleading, "Let's let's try this again. Let's give it another shot." And it's just, oh, it's just agonizing. So. That's my honorable mention, uh, Tony Kravitz. So uh, let's kick it off then. Number five, TJ, you and I have had a talk about this song on numerous occasions. And again, you hear it, you just feel sad. So far away from me by Dire Straits. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. I, if I hear, all I have to hear is that little opening guitar lick, and I just like, uh. No. <laughs> yeah, you just, your mood just drops. <laughs> Why was that so sad? <laughs> it, it is. Um, <laughs> I mean, that whole album is just a masterpiece, but Knopfler actually said in an interview that the song is about life taking you away from the people you love, which makes sense for him because he was touring, he was away for his family. So it was very biographical in that sense. So, but they have so many you know, just bangers. I mean, Sultan's a Swing and Romeo Money for Juliet. Nothing. And, Romeo uh, and Juliet. Of those, but, but boy, when, when Mark leans into a sad one, when he plays that one or he plays Brothers in Arms or... Oh. On every street. Oh, man. Now, I actually had the honor of being able to see him. And the funny thing is, I wasn't 
really raised with dire straits. And so my friend called me up and she's like, hey, do you want to go see Mark Knopfler in San Francisco? Which meant like, one, <laughs> six hour car drive, road trip. And two, that I would go see an artist that I didn't really know about. So I put it on Facebook. I was like, hey guys, should I go see Mark Knopfler with my friend? And literally everybody just like, within two minutes, I had like 60 comments. It was like, go see Mark Knopfler. And I did. And it was amazing. And I love him. Yeah, he's phenomenal. We are going to take a break. Do-da, do-da. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Now we're back from our ad break. Oh, the doo day. Uh, but yeah, so far away from me at number five, just something that exudes Good sadness about, about um, just separation. Um, so now we go to another kind of pain, which is the doomed relationship. The people hanging on, knowing it's going to end, it's going to end badly, but they just can't exit. And who better to write about that than Billy Joel? <laughs> I bring you, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the closing track on Stormfront. So it goes. I mean, it's Billy Joel, and yeah. he has a song for everything. That's um, that's not my favorite album of his by a long way. It, oh, it's no, it's a weak album. It's, it's probably my least favorite, if, to be perfectly honest with you. But Shameless and, and So It Goes are terrific songs. Also, yeah. can I just, uh, for one second, toot my own horn by stating that if you guys know the TV show The Boys... I think season two or season three, they introduced a character called Stormfront. And if you guys know the TV show, they rely very heavily on Billy Joel soundtracks. And so I made that connection and was like, oh my God, you're right. (laughs) I was was very proud of myself. It was like I accomplished something. (laughs) And the interesting thing is the song was actually written by Billy Joel several years before the album came out. Uh, If I remember correctly, he wrote it I just never put it on an album. And then finally he kind of did an end cap for Stormfront with it. Um, it's a beautiful song. Again, album may not be the best, but that song is just haunting and gorgeous. Um, and then there's the pain of not being able to admit that you love someone. Uh, you love them, you view them from afar, but you just can't get to them. And then you regret it for the rest of your life. And I tip my hat to one of my favorite songstresses, Tracy Chapman, Baby, Can I Hold You Tonight. That was a really good song. I'd never heard it, and you played it for me last night. It was beautiful. It's absolutely crushing. Um, first of all, you want good lyrics, go to Tracy Chapman. I mean, um, she just gets right to the heart of it, just rips right in there. And yeah, it's just a song about the pain of, I never said I love you. I don't know if I ever will get to. And it's it's not about death. It's not about death. It's about 
a what could have been um, extremely painful song. And, which and is uh, which is about as which is perhaps sometimes painfully more so even than having one in badly because you'll never know what it could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, there's no closure. Yeah, it's very painful. So, uh, baby, can I hold you tonight, Tracy Chapman? Number two, we turn to the great Ben Folds uh, again. I think he's just a tremendously underrated musician. That guy's unbelievable. Um, and I'm going to take it to the closing track of the Whatever Never Amen album, which, as we discussed, is probably one of the most perfect albums ever created. Uh, some believe that this track was actually released as a parody on Hidden Tracks, which Ben Folds actually kind of laughed about, but he had said that the song he wrote was just about loss. It's about loss that takes you out of your routine, loss that takes you out of your life, whatever that could be, and it just knocks you out of orbit. And that song is, of course evaporated. Which I don't know. Go listen to it and just there's a part where the lyrics say I poured my heart out it evaporated and then he says see in just this just he sounds like a completely destroyed person. It's it's really something. Um, I like it. Um, Is it a parody on hidden tracks? I don't know but it is about loss in any form. And see I almost I almost put the song Brick on my list but mm. Because within the song, and a trigger warning, uh, if you are offended by this, skip like 10 seconds so I can say it, but it deals with abortion. And so you kind of pointed out, well, there is sort of a death in the song. And so I did not put it on my list. But yeah, no, he is, he's got such a light, airy voice and he can get, but he can get really low. Yeah. And so he he does this great thing where he just filters in this emotion. So if evaporate is anything close to brick, I, I can get behind your choice. Yeah. And he's also very similar to what you said about Mark Knopfler, TJ. When when he does a like a poppy upbeat song, you're bopping around, having a good time. But when Ben Folds goes dark, ugh, <laughs> it's, it's way dark. Uh, speaking of, we're going to close out our list with perhaps the most painful heartbreak, which is love that cannot be, no matter how much people care about each other, it's not enough. And that's what the song says. Patty Smythe and Don Henley, TJ, I know this is a big one for you. Oh, sometimes boy. love, sometimes love Jane enough just rips you to the core. And oh, what a, what a, oh, what a gut yeah. punch. What an absolute. <sighs> Did you, you, y'all remember a uh, Temple of Doom? Uh, yes. Yes. When the, the, that, that, uh, weird like priest guy would, reach into your chest and rip your still beating heart out and show it to you before plunging you into a giant cauldron of fire. Yeah. yeah that's pretty much what that song does. Yeah, pretty much. And that's why we're going to play it. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I give you the unmatched pain of love that can't work despite how much the two parties are trying. Let's listen to Patty Smythe and Don Henley bringing us Sometimes Love Just Ain't Enough. Oh, what a great song.
Do you feel me beside you in your bed? There beside you where I used to lay is just... Oh, my a, God. That's a soul ectomy. That, yeah, it is. Your soul leaves your body at that point, at gunpoint, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, Patty sings her ass off, too. I love yeah. Patty. Great voice. Great voice. That was And what a, what a great underrated album that was in, in general. Is that Scandal? Uh, no, this was... It was post-Scandal. Um, the follow... It had no mistakes on it. Um, oh, sometimes one. love just ain't enough. It had a bunch of really good songs. Yeah, I, I really, I, I really like Patty a lot. Cool. Mm. Always have. All right, who's up next? Is it me or you, T? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and go. Go for it. All right. Um, my list had like uh, fifty songs on it, so I'm gonna have to pare it down a little. <laughs> 
Every um, every time, dude, just save the list. We'll come back to it. <laughs> so um, I only did country songs for a couple of reasons. One, we're about to launch into a lengthy series on one of the all-time greats of country. And country is kind of the heartbreak medium when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. You know, to quote the great, the late great comedian Tim Wilson, Merle Haggard is who you want when you've got a beer in one hand and your dick in the other. <laughs> That's amazing. When, when she's gone, Merle would sit there and drink the beer with you and miss her with you. But I'm actually going to start with one of my personal favorites, Robert Earl Keane. Um, this is, I guess, kind of an honorable mention. And it's a song called Love's a Word I Never Throw Around. And y'all may not be familiar with this one, but there's a point in the song where he says that, I wish that you were leaving me because I treated you unkind. But he, he then concedes that, you know, you've left me for somebody else. And I just, if you really think about that, how heartbreaking is it that this guy who is deeply in love with this woman says, I wish that you were leaving me because I was a bad person, but you're leaving me because you don't love me. But me being bad Oof. to you and driving you away would hurt less. Yes. You know, I mean, it's pretty deep stuff. Um, and a great, great song from one of my all-time favorite songwriters. Um, two other quick ones I want to throw out, Down in Tennessee by John Anderson and uh, I Still Miss Someone by Johnny Cash. The reason I love both of them, they're very simple songs. There's not a lot of, you know, flowery language or uh, allusions to anything. They just, they're, they're very plain spoken. They're short songs and they're, they don't have a lot of words in them. But, you know, when Johnny sings, uh, you know, I wonder if she's sorry for leaving what we'd begun. There's someone for me somewhere, but I still miss someone. And he's saying, and it's Johnny singing. If you just go like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not familiar with Down in Tennessee, John Anderson did it, and then Mark Chestnut covered it. And the, and the remake is really, really good. Oh, Either one of those. I cut my teeth on Mark Chestnut. He was mm. great. Really? Yeah. You, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mom, I didn't know, I didn't mom, know you did Bubba Shot the Jukebox. And, mom loved him. So. Wasn't him? He was, uh, he was uh, Bubba Shot the Jukebox and I'll Think of Something. That was another great remake he did. Going through the Big D. <laughs> big D. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, so now to my actual list. Number five. And you could, pr- even though this guy had a very short career and he died tragically young and he only left two or three albums uh, behind. You could still do this whole top five of Keith Whitley songs if you wanted to. I, I picked <laughs> Don't Close Your Eyes is Heartbreaking because he is basically saying to his his wife or girlfriend, I know that you're in love with a guy from your past. So when we're making love, don't close your eyes because if you do, I'm, I'll know that you're going to picture yourself with him. Oh, God. Huh. Which... Yeah, if, if you're not familiar with Keith Whitley, again, tra- tragically short life, only I think did two or three albums, but it's just a, a gold mine. Um, if you want to go jump off a building, because that's pretty much what, <laughs> what he specialized in. <laughs> Number four, speaking of somebody, we could have just done a whole list of uh, his songs I've already mentioned, and Merle Haggard. And you can kind of take your pick. I'm going to go uh, with Holding Things Together. Yeah, that's a good one. Holding Things Together is it takes a popular theme and turns it on its head where a wife runs off and leaves the husband with a couple of kids to have to raise. And if you've seen the excellent docuseries Country Music that Ken Burns did a couple of years ago, they have Dwight Yoakam on reminiscing about Merle, and he talks about this song, and he sings a couple of lines of it, and then he starts to recite them. And there actually comes a point when Dwight gets so emotional he can't talk. Hmm. 
he looks he looks away from the camera. He clears his throat. He wipes his eyes, and and he in in the middle of reciting these lyrics, he just goes, "Merle's good, you know." Aww. And he can't and he can't Aww. and he can't go on. And he he finally does finish, but he's just so broken up. Probably because he and Merle were very close, and and, and you know at that point he's speaking of Merle in the past tense, of course. But that song is just devastating. <laughs> you've ever, you never heard it. Uh, check it out. It's it's there's there's a line in there where he he's he he says that I tried to call you to, to remind you that it was our daughter's birthday, but you didn't answer. But she still got a package that says, you know, happy birthday, love mommy, because I mailed it to her. Uh, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, Merle went there. <laughs> Merle, <laughs> he Merle totally went to go there. there. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, let's see. Number three, man, I had a hard time. I wanted to, I knew the group I wanted to pick one from, but they have so many good ones. I guess I'm going to go with uh, Brooks and Dunn's That Ain't No Way to Go. You could also go with Neon Moon. You could go with He's Neon Got You. Neon Moon is great. Neon Moon is a good one, yeah. The, the Neon Moon's a fantastic song. The reason I'm picking That Ain't No Way to Go is because, you know, a lot of times the the break from the emotion that, that a sad song is throwing on in your face is is the chorus, right? Sometimes that gives you all right, a little breather, and then we're going to come back for part two, and it's going to be even sadder. But when the chorus of a song is, that ain't no way to go, girl, it just ain't right. Don't you think that I deserve to hear you say goodbye? That's the chorus. <laughs> wow. Shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad gone. <laughs> ah, Kicks and Ronnie, man, now they could do some rowdy honky tonk stuff and some working class anthems, but when they land into a side one, boy, they weren't playing. Get, get back, yeah. Um, and I actually can. I've got a tie for first, and I, I I don't I don't know how to separate them. So one of them is Dwight Yoakam, and it's literally any song you want to pick from his this time album other than Wild Ride. Ten of the eleven songs on that album are about heartbreak, <laughs> and they're. And they and they they come in different in different tones and everything. Like you have a thousand miles from nowhere, which if you don't really pay attention to the lyrics, doesn't sound like a sad song. Mm-hmm. Very upbeat, guitar heavy song. But you know, I've got bruises on my memories. I've got tear stains on my hands. And in the mirror, there's a vision of what used to be a man. Yeah, that's that's crushing. Not all my. But when you've got an album that's got this time. And a thousand miles from nowhere, and try not to look so pretty. Fast as you is a banger of a song, but listen to the words. They're sad. It's dark as hell, yeah. They're incredibly sad. Um, home for sale, uh, you know, Lonesome Road. It, it's almost impossible to pick one off just that album, not even counting all the other albums Mike did, where he did plenty <laughs> of heartbreak songs. I guess the one I'm going to go with is Two Doors Down, though. Two Doors Down is. It doesn't have a chorus, and it starts every line with two doors down. Okay. You know, two doors down, there's a bar stool that knows me by name, and we sit there together and wait for you. Mm. I mean, and the only time there's a break in the two in that just that where he just does the two doors down, and then he tells you something really sad about getting drunk to get over this girl. But he comes to the realization at the end that you know eventually the the booze is going to wear out, and you're still gone, and you just it, it's it's crushing. But I don't know whether to play that one or this one. And this one popped in my head late. And that would be Here I Am by Patty Loveless. Mm. Um, because if you're not paying attention and you listen to that song, you're going to think it's about alcoholism, which would be very sad in and of itself. But then you listen a little closer and you're like, no, no, no. It's this this woman talking to the guy who left, who, you know, who left her. And he's completely miserable, you know. 
and she's she's telling him how miserable. And but then there's a little tip toward the end. Once you've listened to it a few times, you realize she's the one that's hurting, and that she kind of tips it about midway through the song. And at the end, she's just in full blown. Yet no, you know what? I'm in denial. I'm the I'm the sad one, and it is devastating. And maybe we because it's so hard for me to pick one by Dwight off that even just that one album. Maybe we should play Patty. What do y'all think, Dwight or Patty? I'll let y'all pick. I'm gonna oh. go Patty. I think Patty. Yeah. All right. Well, this is this is this will sear your soul about like um, what is it about uh, people named Patty? We've got <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have a Patty. I don't think I've got if a you Patty. can get like if you could pick something by like Patty Page or somebody. I can't think of any other singing Patties, but um, <laughs> this this song is just it's it's gorgeous and she wails on it and it hurts, boy. So y'all enjoy this is Patty okay. Loveless with Here I Am. Mercy. Well, I'm not okay. Ooh, yeah. 
<laughs> car. Yeah, you know, when people look back on like 80s, 90s country and, you know, yeah, they rightfully remember you know, Garth and Alan Jackson and Reba people. Yeah, need to remember Patty. Yeah, absolutely. Patty phenomenal. You know, um, <clears throat> blame it on your heart, same old train. How can I help you say goodbye? Oh, my, oh, God. But, that, oh. But... I try to think about Elvis is probably my favorite song by her. That's a that's that, that's a that's a good. I lo- I love the little break. do the break in the middle. Do, yeah. <laughs> no, can you do it? I don't <sighs> sing on this show. Well, it's not. It's she, she doesn't sing. There's a little break in the middle. Oh, that was a, think of okay, Patty. Keep it together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I try to think about Elvis, Memphis. Oprah in the afternoon. Yeah, that's just geez, that is Sondheim levels of uh, of of lyricism. It's great. <laughs> it is, and uh, just to, to to put a a a big sad cherry on top of this crap Sunday that I just constructed for you. Did, did any either of y'all see George Jones's funeral? No, no. Where they had uh, they had asked Vince Gill to come up and sing "Go Rest High on That Mountain." Uh, and Patty, was, Patty accompanied him, and Vince got about halfway through it, and he just he he just he broke down. He just couldn't sing. He just he oh, started wow. bawling. And Patty like comes over and like puts her arm around him, and she's like singing even harder, like trying to like get him going again. And just and he just he couldn't. He just he, he just he couldn't finish it. Oh wow! Wow! Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. All right. After that happy <laughs> occasion, I guess it's my yeah. turn. For my first song, I didn't know whether to put it here or in our next category. See, I use the word properly in a sentence. Um, (laughs) Congratulations. Yay, me. Um, This could go in our next category as well, because it might surprise you to find out that the gorgeous Garth Brooks song, To Make You Feel My Love, was actually written by Bob Dylan. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's... It's beautiful. It's sad. So many people have done it. And you know what? I, this is a hill I'm willing to die on. Will the Thrill, you were wrong. Billy Joel's version sucks. I'm sorry. Of <laughs> uh, make, make You Feel My Love? Yes. Oh, no, I admit it's not great. Uh, I think the one that's more for debate is Shameless with Kim and Garth Brooks, but that's not the topic right now. So Yeah, well, um, Make You Feel My Love is gorgeous. Um, of course, I have to throw this out there because we did like a 622-episode mm-hmm. series on this man. And that is Michael Jackson's She's Out of My Life. Um, To hear him doing the vocals in that, you can almost hear him begin to cry in the song. And that breaks my heart because if I hear some, it's like a yawn for me. If someone starts, you know, crying, I feel like I need to cry too. And uh, that it just, it breaks my heart. One that's coming out of left field for me is a song by... A band who is really known only for like their happy, like super happy pop music, which is like, you know, Pinch Me and One Week and the theme song to the Big Bang Theory. And that's the Bare Naked Ladies. And they have this gorgeous song on the stunt album, which is Call and Answer. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a good one. That breaks my heart. Yeah. I mean, and also they did When I Fall, which is another one that's just... I mean, for other reasons, it's it's soul crushing. That that whole album is great, and you said it's overlooked, but I I think that that's probably one of their most popular ones. Born stunt? on a pirate, yeah, stunt. Born on a pirate ship 
is a great one. That's the one I think the old apartment's on. But uh, Stunt just has some incredible songs on it. And that came out at like a seminal time in my life because yeah. Pinch Me came out, I think, in 99. Whereas One Week and Alcohol and Who Needs Sleep all came out in like 97, I want to mm-hmm. say. It's a pretty so, stacked album. It's it's a really good album. And uh, I I find it phenomenal. Uh, another one that I have on my list, because I really didn't, I, I just started naming sad songs, was another band from the 90s that I still love to this day. Like, literally, we are driving home from Orlando last night, <laughs> and I forced you <laughs> to play, like, three songs from this album. It was the album Four, and that was yep. by... Blues eh? Traveler. Blues Traveler, yes. I do love me some Blues Traveler. And the song is The Mountains Went Again. That is a good one. Uh, I Won't <clears throat> Give Up by Jason Mraz is my next one. It's a beautiful song, even though... It's a duet, like, isn't it? No. Oh, I thought it's someone hit the backing vocals for that one. No, it, someone might have done the backing vocals, but it's, uh, it's okay. not a... It's not a... Uh, what do you call that? Duet. It's not a duet. Okay. The next one actually got me in the gut because I saw the music video at the same time I heard the, the song for the first time. Mm-hmm. And the music video really invokes this beautiful, literal ballet of two people that hurt each other, but then reach back out to each other and then hurt each other again. And that is Adele's Chasing Pavements. And I always thought that was about death. It's not because the music okay, video yeah. the music video makes you think it's about death because it. okay. it's a car accident. But if you guys haven't seen the music video for it, please, I implore you, go watch the video for Chasing Pavements. It is Absolutely heart wrenching, um, especially at the end. But yeah, no, it's it's just about you know should I give up or should I keep running after you? I don't mm. know what to do. Um, no, and no, I no. guess chasing pavements might be a British slang term, but I'd never heard it, and I it it hit me real hard watching that music video. And song to put Adele on the map too. Like people are like, oh, interesting. I, I think that might have been like a toe in the water for Adele. Mm. Because I don't think she actually hit for maybe another two or three years, at least stateside. Something that, yeah. like for some reason, I feel like there was like a gap between Chasing Pavements and the next song, which I wish I could come up with it, but I cannot because all I can think of is Skyfall now. Thank you. You broke me. I hope you're happy. My next <laughs> one is Queen's Love Me Like There's No Tomorrow. Yeah, I got to have Queen on there. Oh. And for Freddie's birthday, they, I don't I want to say re-uploaded, it's not. They re-released Love Me Like There's No Tomorrow as a music video. And I was working at American Idol at the time. And it was Freddie's birthday. And so they released the video with the song that hadn't been really widely scattered to the winds. <laughs> and I'm sitting in my office at American Idol, openly weeping just bawling like a child. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I just started crying. And so Shauna, my coworker comes in, she's like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, it's just, it's just Freddie's birthday. <laughs> and they released a song. <laughs> and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'll be fine. You're probably made, not that coherent, yeah. And then I made her watch it, and she cried just as much as I did. Uh, so I felt vindicated. My final song 
I had to I had to choose at least one Broadway song. So sorry, T. <clears throat> oh God. But you will actually appreciate this. I doubt it. You probably will. <laughs> you overestimate uh, you overestimate my interest. <laughs> do you like Sarah Bareilles? Uh, yep, she's fine. Yep, okay. She's good. Well then you're gonna like this. Uh so what I selected was a song that was written by Sarah Bareilles. And it was performed by Jesse Mueller. Now, that last name for you, Will, might be familiar mm-hmm. because her sister is actually Abby Mueller. Was she in six? She was. She was yes. Jane, Jane Seymour in six. Is she Ken um, to Ferris Bueller? Mueller, not Bueller. Mew, Mew. Um, so, uh, Jesse Mueller is an incredible singer. Holy crap, she plays to the balconies. But uh, this song is from, the, like I said, the Broadway show Waitress. The song is called She Used to Be Mine, and it's performed by Jesse Mueller. It is about herself. So uh, she is a waitress in a restaurant, but she can bake the best pies. It's actually based on the film by Carrie Russell. And Jesse is married to an abusive man. And well, it, well, her name's Jenna. The character's name is Jenna. But Je- it's Jesse. So if I call Jesse or Jenna, it, it's interchangeable. But anyway, um, she finds out she's on the verge of trying to figure out how to leave her husband. And then she finds out that she is pregnant. And it's everything that unfolds with her pregnancy. Uh, and so within all this, she actually loses herself. This song is vocal gymnastics. Because not only do you have to be able to hit all the notes, you also have to act during the song. And you have to invoke this emotion of just forgetting who you are and letting the world run your life. And she's lamenting that. And it's so beautiful. And so I'm sorry to say, TJ, that I am going to be playing a song from Waitress, which is uh, She Used to Be Mine. It's not simple to say In most days I don't recognize me That these shoes and this apron That place and its patrons Have taken more than I gave them It's not easy to know I'm not anything I used to be all alone It's true I was never Attention sweet center I still remember that girl She isn't perfect But she tries She is good But she lies She is hard She used to be mine 
Honest opinion. You can't tell me you did not love that song. It's a great song. I mean, the vocal range is just, it's, that's a tough one to do. That is a really tough one to do. And if you see it done live, she does even more. Yeah. Now, is that the one that played Jenna Seymour or is it her sister? It's the, her sister. Okay, got it. Okay. Jesse, Jesse played Jenna. Abby played Jane. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That, the whole family apparently is just littered with Broadway people. And I will say, <laughs> That's the first time I ever heard Killa Settle on an album. And I was blown away. I'm like, this woman is amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, that is that is one of the most heart-wrenching, beautiful songs. I swear to God. I love that song Very so pretty. much. It's a pretty song. Yeah, see, even... I wouldn't really pay attention to the lyrics so much. Um, what was okay. the name of it again? She Used to Be Mine. Yeah, Brooks and Dunn have a, a much sadder song called She Used to Be Mine. I'm going to punch that. you right in the face. You know, we're actually going to be moving on now um, from <laughs> the torment and the tissue. And we're going to move on to our final category for the March Slap Nuts. And that is going to be uh, songs that you're surprised when you heard they were written by a particular person. That is not the easiest way to say that. There's got to be an easier way to say that. <laughs> Um, but uh, I guess I haven't gone first, so I guess I'm going to go first. Now, we're actually going to implement a sort of game show element to this. Game okay? element. That I'm actually going to bring on the boys right now, okay? Mm -hmm. If you actually know 
who originally wrote the song, uh, buzz in. Just go buzz or TJ or Will and let me know. Now, Will, mm-hmm. you automatically uh, don't get to play my round. Oh, well, um, bye, everybody. <laughs> so, so it's just me ringing in then. Yes, Joiner. it's just you. <laughs> you have gout. I have gout. We all have gout. Gout. It's a scandal. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, there is a creator on YouTube called Luxernia who is just chaos. And she just reacts to things like The Swan, America's Next Top Model, and the Janice Dickinson Modeling Agency. And for some reason, I was shocked to figure out Will actually really enjoys it. So it's it's something that we can watch together, and I like that. But all right, so uh, TJ, we're going to play a game called If You Know, You Know. And uh, just tell me if you actually know. I feel like there's like three of these that you have locked down. Okay. All right. The Carpenters, close to you. Do you know who uh, originally wrote that song? I don't think I do. It's not The Carpenters. It is not The Carpenters. It was Burt Bacharach. Oh, wow. But if you listen to it, doesn't it sound like a Burt Bacharach song? Yes, it does. Totally. Yeah. I don't listen to The Carpenters just because they scare me. Will is legitimately terrified of the Carpenters. I'm I don't. Of the Carpenters. I don't I understand it. Your parents' first dance was to the Carpenters. Why do you hate them so much? And look at everything that came after. Yeah, you and your sisters. I. I mean, uh, they they scare me. We've only just begun. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> All right. Well, the next one I've got the Weather Girls. It's raining men. Oh, that one I know. Okay, who is it? I know one of the two people. It's it's two guys named Paul. One of them is Schaefer, and I nice. cannot remember the other guy's name. Jabara. Okay. Not Paul Stanley. Jabara. No. Uh, yeah, Paul Schaefer. That Paul Schaefer, the uh, the one who sat by David Letterman's side for all those years. Who the leader also, of the world's most dangerous band. He also <laughs> he also played uh, Hermes in Hercules. Yeah, he did. You're right. And that's uh, that's why I love him. All right. This one I I felt like was buried deep in the back of my head, and then I looked it up, and I'm like, "Holy crap! Yeah, this is uh, this is a thing," and we will be, I believe, covering them again at some point, just because again we were talking about redemption arcs, and it's a uh, redoing uh, Janice Joplin. Uh, do you know who wrote "Me and Bobby McGee"? Indeed, I do. And that was? Well, it was originally recorded by Roger Miller, but it was written by the great Chris Christopherson. Oh, you are correct. Snap. Yes. Well done, sir. I've, and this is one, I, this, the next one I feel like you will know. Okay. The Bengals did a little song called Manic Monday. Oh, you know? I sure do. All right. Because I don't remember I mean, the, I don't remember the pseudonym that it was listed as on the record sleeve, but I know that it was in fact Prince Rogers Nelson. All right. Do you know who did the Bartman? <laughs> I do. Okay. Now there's there's debate about Bartman. There is a claim that it was written by Michael Jackson. Yes. But then there's other claims he didn't do it, but he does sing backup on the song. That was I what think. I got. Which I is it's not. It. It's why it's not officially uh, on my list, but it's on my list. Um. All right. Badfinger, if you want it. Uh. Did- Paul McCartney right that? You are correct. Ding, ding, nice. ding, ding, ding. I, I got that one, yeah. Now, here's the one that I know that you probably have on lock. If you don't, I would be shocked 
but it's not the first time in this episode that we have brought up a writer writing something that kind of shocked us. So who wrote A Boy Named Sue for Johnny Cash? Uh, I, I 100% know that one. <laughs> it was none other than the great Shel Silverstein. Yes. 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 Wow. Yes. What a varied talent Shel Silverstein was. If you guys don't know who Shel Silverstein is, I feel like your childhood might have been rocky. Don't we have um, two of his books on our shelf? I think we have three of them. The three of them? Okay. Um, the most famous being either The Giving Tree or Where the Sidewalk Ends. I was say, or A Light in the Attic. A Light in the Attic yeah. is also, like, that's, that's the triumvirate of just fabulous children's poems. Um, I loved, 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 loved Where the Sidewalk Ends. Uh, yeah, but to find out that he actually wrote A Boy Named Sue and then Johnny Cash sang it is amazing. Is he, wrote awesome. a ton, he wrote a ton of songs for Dr. Hook and, well, for Waylon Jennings and for Cash. And Yeah, he was... Uh, I think he wrote almost all the songs for the Old Dogs, which was a late 90s super group that featured Waylon and Mel Tillis and a couple other guys. Didn't Shel Silverstein have a band too? I think he did play music, didn't he? I think so. I believe you're yeah. right. All right. Moving on. This might be a little harder for you, T, but uh, Christina Aguilera has two of my favorite songs. One is gorgeous. It's called Beautiful. And uh, the other one is will Always Make Me Dance. I will always get out of my chair and dance to Candyman. Both Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Do you know who wrote that? No clue. All right. See, I'm getting into I'm the, the, the final two. I feel like the last one you're going to get. The last one you're probably going to get. But that was actually written by Linda Perry. Ah, from Four Non Blondes. From, yes, exactly. Okay. She has actually got her own Wikipedia page of songs that she has just written for other people. She's, she's very prolific, actually, yes. She's incredible. And fun fact, fun fact, I don't think she ever licensed her music to American Idol. Interesting. Yeah. She refused, right? I believe so. I don't know if that's still the case, but I remember that she being like a She did a kind thing. of show of her own. The Linda similar. Perry Project. It, yeah, it was similar. So maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But oh, yeah, I did but, get a ruling, folks. Uh, Shel Silverstein was part of the Old Dogs. He was a key member. So, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my final one, I feel like this is pretty much a lock for T. Islands in the Stream, Dolly and Kenny. Uh, that was written by the Gibbs brothers, wasn't it? You are correct. Dang. Nice. Well, well done. done. I believe, I believe you got all of them right except for the, the, the Christina Aguilera songs. Right. Now, I didn't know that one, but I think I know the... And the Carpenters, I didn't get that, but... Oh, you didn't get the Carpenters. Okay. But you did pretty darn good. Well, um, right. Sweet. I tried to lean into songs that I thought you might know, because there are certainly... There's... um. Do you know who wrote Kelly Clarkson's big song, Breakaway, that she actually ended up naming her album after? I do not. That would be Avril Lavigne. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, my other one was... You might not know this one, but uh, what do you want from me, Adam Lambert? I've, I've heard the song, yeah. Okay. Do you know who it was written by? I do not. One of the best vocalists on the planet. I'm dying to go see her live. Pink. Ah, nice. Yeah. Cool. Which, if you, if you know the song, it does sound kind of pinkish. It could. Yeah, I could say that for yeah. sure. All right. Uh, okay, so I'm good. So uh, who's next? I'll I'll go because mine ain't gonna take very long. I did, I did, I only listed a couple. Um, okay. Well, there's one that we 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 touched on uh, uh, on the first episode where I officially joined as host, and that would be the song, the country classic. You never even call me by my name. 
most people would think it was written by David Allen Coe because he had the most popular mm-hmm. version, but it wasn't. It was written by Steve Goodman and John Prine. Oh, Prine oh, uncredited. No kidding. Wow. Prine huh. uncredited, by the way. Wow. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't want any royalties. He was like, ah, it's just a joke. And then when it became a big hit, Goodman called him and said, are you sure you don't want your name on the song now? <laughs> but wow. he, he, I think, brought him a, a like a really nice vintage uh, Wurlitzer jukebox. Um oh. Oh, nice. To show his appreciation. Um, John Prine also, a lot of people may not know this, but we touched on it in our Prine episode. He, he wrote and originally recorded Angel from Montgomery. It was not a Carly Simon original and not a Bonnie Raitt original. It was written by a dude, which is interesting because it's from a female perspective. But John Prine wrote that one too. Nice. Um, I just think this, we've mentioned this one before. I think when he passed, um, even though it's kind of a feminist anthem, Harper Valley, Valley PTA, written by Tom T. Hall. Yes, Tom T. Oh, Hall, yeah. yeah. That actually, I, I actually do that one. <clears throat> I think most people probably know at this point this one, but I've always just, I find it interesting because the song is so associated with somebody else. Willie Nelson, of course, wrote Crazy. Yep. That, uh, but Patsy Cline's Crazy. Um, and his version is so different because she just leans into those lyrics and Willie's almost literally throwing them away. <laughs> I'm crazy for crying and crazy for trying. <laughs> And I'm crazy for loving you. <laughs> um, he, also wrote, he also wrote Hello Walls for Fair and Young and a bunch of other uh, classics for, for others in his uh, early days. Um, okay, this one I did not know. Do you know who wrote The First Cut is the Deepest? Oh, is that... It was performed by Sheryl Crow, right? Yeah. Um, <sighs> wrote it. I know this. Is, I it, Cat, like I is it Cat Stevens? It is Cat Stevens. Yes. No kidding. Yeah, so Sheryl Crow recorded it fairly recently. Rod Stewart recorded it in the 70s. Neither was the original. It was written by Cat Stevens and he sold it to an R&B artist named P.P. Arnold. And uh, P.P. wanted to have uh, that song, you know, wanted to save it for their their debut album, but it uh, leaked out. P.P. Leaked. Was that the sixties that he wrote it? Uh, I believe so, or very, or very early seventies. One or the other, yeah. Yeah, it's a great song. Interesting. Um, do you know who wrote? I only have two more on my list. Do you know who wrote? I've done everything for you. I don't even know the song. Yeah, I've done everything for you. You've done nothing you- for me. You've made it so much easier to nail that. Sounds on. like a car commercial. <laughs> it, well, it was. It was a, 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 the most popular version. Was probably a big hit version of it. Was by Rick Springfield, uh, but he didn't do the original version. <laughs> okay. It was originally written and originally recorded by the Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar. Oh, what? Wow. Wow. That doesn't clear up anything. <laughs> Mr. Cabo Wabo, really? Um, yeah. Check 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 out both versions later. And my final one: Do you believe in love? The Huey Lewis in the News classic. Do you believe in- I love, uh, I always forget it's Huey Lewis in the News. Oh, it's uh, Shania Twain's husband. It is Robert ex- ex- Mutt Lang. Yes. Mutt Lang well, wrote it? Ex, ex-husband. Ex-husband, um, sorry. Yeah, ex-husband. he was in a, a British band called Supercharge. He was the lead singer and they did it first. And no their version kidding. was, the name was a little bit different. It was like, do you believe in... Us or do you believe a it was thing the, the, called love? It was something oh, different. Great song. <laughs> it was it, the, the title was slightly different. Huey changed it up a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I did not know that one until I saw it. But that's my list. Excellent. That's a really good list. 
That Very was, good lessons. Yeah, a lot of fun. Excellent. All right, Mr. Will Thrill, you go ahead. Uh, so before I get into to, uh, my list here, I feel like uh, I hate to go back to the tragedy, but how in the name of Zeus's butthole <laughs> did in our category about heartbreaking songs, none of us had Bonnie Raitt's I Can't Make You Love Me? How did this happen? Uh, that's, that's a failure on all our parts. Yeah, I, that's, that's an oversight. Ah. We would no. we, we hear we here at Rock and Roll Heaven would like to apologize to Bonnie Wright for the severe oversight that we have um committed. And I can't remember that but that's yeah. another song it was written by a dude. I can't what think of it? his name. God, he was he was an NFL player. What? I can't think of his name. Yeah. What? Are you you're serious? Yeah. Look at you, you know what? Just look it up. Mike okay. Reed. Yep. Mike Reed, yeah. Mike Reed. Mike Mike Reed. Reed. Yep. And Alan Shamblin. So he had help. Mike Reed was in, was in fact, I believe, an NFL lineman. Wow. Yeah, uh, that's that's impressive. But yeah, if any any song that I mean that sums up just love unrequited, like and like nothing else. Oh my god. Okay, we'll yeah, go with def- some fun he, ones here. <laughs> he was a defensive tackle. Went to Penn State. He was uh, round one, pick seven. Good lord. Yeah. So he was. Uh, he played in sixty four games. That's sixty four well more. For- 64 more games than I've played in. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Uh, continue. Proceed. Proceed. Well, yeah, we'll go with a few quick ones here because I know we had some... That was a great list and this has been a lot of fun. So I'll just kind of cap it off with a few few fun ones that I've got here. Um, we'll start with, uh, of course, the Fab Four. Ringo Starr released a song called Photograph. Does anyone remember that one? No. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> it's Ringo. <laughs> fun fact. It was not written by Ringo. What? Wrote it. Yeah. I yeah. I I'm at a loss. I don't know who wrote it. George Harrison. Another I mean, Beatle. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's cheating. That's right, cheating. But it's it's it's, it's associated with Ringo's solo career. I'm calling so. a mulligan. Ah, fine. Okay. How about this one? <laughs> uh, Madonna's "Take a Bow." Um, take a bow. Yep. It is over. Not a bad song either. It is not. Uh, it was on Bedtime Stories. Mm-hmm. <sighs> in the mid, mid-90s, I think. Babyface? It is Mr. Kenneth Bryan Edmonds. Well but done. Did she, oh, did she wrote the lyrics? He wrote the music, I think. He's credited as the writer of the song. So oh, interesting. Take yeah, that no, as what you will, yeah. Babyface is... The thing is, Babyface has only had, as a vocalist, like one hit. He didn't need that. Like, I mean, with all his producing, he's... But he is a killer producer. Oh, my God. If you can get under the tutelage of Babyface, you're good. You're fine. Absolutely. Yeah. This is going to be a really tough one. Uh, But it was something we covered on a previous episode of a podcast. Uh, One of the great... Wait a minute, hold on. Did you just just make the claim that Babyface only had one hit? No, as, as a vocalist. As a singer. As a singer. Nice. I think he said more than that. I only, I only remember one. I, I could be wrong. Do you remember his career as a producer? Far you remember his you, which one? Do you remember the one from the nineties? What was it called? Can't remember. Okay, <laughs> look him up. He's got more than one. I remember Whip Appeal, and then it, I know he had a couple others on top of that. Every time I close my eyes, I just looked it up. Right, well, there you had that's two. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> No, the, the thing is also in the 90s, I kind of moved away from R&B and rap. Eh, 
in like 94, 95. Um, I'm guessing it was 96 because I remember buying All Eyes on Me and that was 96. But uh, I kind of moved away. So he could have had other hits and I was just unaware of it. But he's, there's no taking away that he is a banging producer. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, what's the next one? Next one is something we covered on our podcast in one of the great Jim Croce songs, I Got a Name, was not written by Jim Croce. I remember this. This is a tough one. This is a I really do not tough one. This. Because this person's kind of a well-known songwriter, but I think within the inner circle and not the band. So don't bring that up. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to remember it. Go ahead. It is written by the great Norman Gimbel. Oh yeah, that guy. He Ooh. wrote Killing Me Softly. <laughs> okay, that song I yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And he was a TV and, and movie, uh, wrote songs for TVs and movies too. But yeah, he wrote I Got a Name. Jim Croce didn't actually write that one. All right. Yeah, Jim yeah. Croce, also an amazing songwriter. Oh, no question. One of the best. Uh, Paul Revere, Beastie Boys. Not written by the Beastie Boys. Hmm. You stumped me again, sir. Oh, this is a good one. LD, any guesses? Who wrote uh, Paul Revere? Uh, is it one of the Fat Boys? You are so close. <laughs> You are so close. Is it Heavy D? No. Tone Loke? No. Uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot. Oh, TJ, you're killing me here. That was so close. <laughs> I don't know. I Daryl don't see light. Daniel Daryl McDaniel from the MC. He's just he's just yelling things. He's just going to be yelling out. Mr. T is not even a singer. Stop it. It is Daryl McDaniel's Run DMC. Oh wow. Oh, so I was kind of close. You were you were both with Young MC and with the Fat Boys. I was like, oh my god, you're so close. (laughs) Uh, Let's do a couple more and then we'll 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 close out this this debacle. Um, This one actually really surprised me. Red Red Wine. Made famous by you. Yeah, that 40. one I do know. You do yeah, know that one. Okay. We both know that one. Okay. And that, that, that was Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Yeah. That was, I, that was a fun one. I actually didn't know that. But it, if you listen to it and take away the reggae slant, it totally makes sense. Like you're like, that's a Neil Diamond song. If you take away um, the reggae sta- uh, slant, if they're no longer UB40. They're just exactly, some yeah. dudes that were about to have to go on unemployment. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's how they got their band name. I know, that's what I'm saying. I love it. It's unemployment benefit for number 40. It's hilarious. <sighs> um, and then finally, I'm pretty sure, LD, you know this, but the famous song by CeeLo Green, I'll just say, forget you for the sake of our audience. Oh, uh, yeah, because not... they're so innocent yeah, at this point. Exactly. I don't want to offend any tender oh, I, sensibilities. I I, I, surprisingly, I know this one. Okay, oh. I, I do know who wrote it, but I'm going to hand this over to TJ. All right, TJ, let's hear it. I believe it was written by Bruno Mars. You correct. are correct. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well done. Cool. Really good song too. <laughs> and and I also had uh, Islands of the Stream on there, but I figured we covered that one, so that's kind of a backup just in case. It, it was it was doing it was dealing with Dolly, yeah. and so you knew and I Kenny was Rogers. going to you knew I was going to do that one. So one of you was going to do it. It was inevitable. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's your list. Yeah. That's my one for list. So that's Woo-hoo. our that's the end of uh, March Slap Nuts. I hope that this uh, was a nice little respite for you guys. We hope you made you laugh. We hope you made you cry. We hope you made you think and maybe go, what the hell is TJ talking about? (laughs) And if we did, we've done our jobs. Well, I do my job every episode, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) We are not like a market system. So uh, that being said, next week we will be starting our series on... Waylon Arnold Jennings. That's going to be good. I just... I. I knew you were working hard on it because the texts have stopped. It's gonna be it's gonna be bananas, isn't it? Is it gonna be like a twelve part series? It's gonna be the longest one I've ever done. I've I've always tried to keep 
just a relatively compact two, four or five episodes. It's it's going to it's going to greatly exceed that. It's I'm, longer than I'm Eddie. almost done writing part two, and we we haven't gotten to the plane crash yet. <laughs> Good lord! All yeah. right, so, and the cocaine uh, bear. But it's it's just the early stuff is, uh, you know, oddly serious more so than you might think, with some levity and crazy stuff thrown in, but. Once you get, once we get a little, a little bit past that, oh boy! Well, I'm looking wow. forward to it. Nuts deluxe. <laughs> I don't know much about him, so I'm actually very excited. So that's going to be up on the docket next week. So if you like what we're doing and uh, you'd like to toss us some money, you can do that at patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. You can do that Twitter. That's a desert wasteland full of just uh, hateful speeches. And so uh, we really don't post on there. But I mean, if you want to go to the carcass that is our Twitter, <laughs> you can do so at rock and roll LT. Our Instagram, we actually do update that one. That's rock and roll heaven LT. Our Facebook page, Rock and Roll Heaven Pod. We post on that almost daily. At least one of us posts on that daily. And I guess I'll have to upload uh, a music video or three and then uh, the pictures of our meat. And that's not a euphemism. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> meat. <laughs> meat. And you can, uh, you can check us out on Facebook at Rock and Roll Heaven Pod. You better get Stop. the wide angle lens for mine. <laughs> I'm still not saying our website. And you can check our TikTok out at Rock and Roll Heaven Pod. But like I said, uh, I'll be going live at Rock and Pod on my personal TikTok because I can actually go live on my TikTok. But we do really want you guys to go follow us on Rock and Roll Heaven Pod. Uh, you can email us rockandrollheavenlt at gmail.com. We actually received a lovely email uh, from one of our listeners this weekend. So I would like to thank, as soon as I can pull it up, Zach, make me look smart, make me look smart, a listener named Melanie. And I would like to say thank you so much. Those are some incredible words. We really appreciate it. And I apologize for the autocorrect that will uh, accidentally sent you. So yeah, that was on me. Um, uh, <laughs> sure, sure, I severely apologize. It's yeah, that was, that was bad. Yeah. So thank you, Melanie, for that. We really appreciate that. And you can always feel free to email us. Uh, we are there and you can do that at rock and roll heaven LT at gmail.com. And please make sure to check out all our other awesome Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com. If I said everything too fast or you didn't catch anything, just check out the show notes. I put everything in there below. Uh, Coming again, to Nashville. <laughs> yep. And again, I'd like to thank our admin, Thea, over at Facebook. And I would like to thank our editor, Zach, for helping us out. We actually are going to have a couple things that are be uh, new when the new season starts. So we're pretty excited about that. So hold tight. We love you guys so much. Now, that's the end of the episode. But uh, TJ, do you have anything you would like to say to the audience? Um, Yeah, I've given it some deep thought. Bye, buddy. <laughs> All right. Will's a thrill. Hey, I'm here and I helped. See you on the next one, everybody. All right. So to wrap up this episode, we actually wanted to leave you guys with another song that you'd actually be surprised who wrote it because it's so inextricably linked with someone else. Oh. So tonight, we're actually going to close out with Manfred Mann's Earth Band's Blinded by the Lord. Tom, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Tom McGinnis, and that was your federally mandated Manfred Man reference of the podcast. <laughs>
I hope you are satisfied. And for those who don't know, that's just not a way to like do our version of Rickrolling You. The song was actually written by Bruce Springsteen. So I hope you guys enjoy. Have a great weekend. We will see you next week with our series on Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard, I've switched it up. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another runner in the night.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 